0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. There we go. Good evening everyone. Thanks for the opportunity, Brown and I want to say a special thanks to and you guys. Uh, the the worship tonight was as if they knew the message that I was going to bring. And even Donny's message and Maria's message. Um, is it not true that we are all created for God? He made us and we have a longing in our hearts and that thirst should be in all of us. And um, my, my message tonight is a testing the water next to which we are planted. Um, it'll make a bit more sense further down the line, but I felt it fit nicely into the topic. Um, We are all drinking some water, we are all filling our lives with something and uh, we need to evaluate that every now and then. The song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was who is and is to come. That is, the Bible says that's what's going on in heaven. This is being sung the whole time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And tonight's topic is, are our lives different from the godless? We who serve this God who is holy, who um, we, we say, we we proclaim his name, do our lives actually look different than the godless? So I have a question tonight for everyone and I want you to think about this for a second. Godlessness, how does that look? What is godlessness? So the word godlessness and ungodly there's a little bit of a difference between the two and um, my my mind started wandering in the direction of godlessness how does a how does a a life or community look that does not have god so before i get started too far let's pray and then we can we can get into the word lord thank you for this evening thank you for the messages that was brought by everyone and thank you for for just how you prepare the soil, Lord. Thank you for for the fact that we can know that you are here and that that you just make everything fit together. Um, Lord, I pray for tonight's message. I pray for for everyone who's here that they will receive the message, that it'll be something that they can use to test the waters where they are planted, Lord, to test what they are busy with and um, to test our lives, Lord. Um, Talk to us tonight, and I pray that you will be the one who sends the message and plants a seed. I pray this in your name alone. Amen. So tonight, I'm going to start off with 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5. So this is just talking about the end times and how we can expect life to be on earth. Verse 1, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful if you listen to this section, it is quite straightforward and it's quite hard. There's no, there's no beating around the bush. It's, it's typically, I mean, we can imagine a community or a, or a country or something like this. Uh, two or three weeks ago, we had some people who, who work in the missionary field, um, especially proclaiming where, where Christians are persecuted. And I think if we read this in terms of godlessness, that is, that is more or less a picture that we get, right? We, we get this ungodly, just bad place to be. A place where we typically would maybe be on our nerves when you have to walk around here. So before I get too deep into it, I want to just lift out some words to, to just prickle your, prickle your thoughts, just get you thinking. The first one is lovers of self. And in today's day and age, that is something that is all the more prominent. Uh, all the self-help books out there, we are focused on ourselves. Lovers of money, that's the, the one thing that almost everybody is chasing. Every, every second um, YouTube video is on how you can make more money or how you should invest or all that, right? Unholy, godless, heartless, brutal see violence and and I think that's also something that we can see it it feels like it's starting to grow you hear about shootings in schools you hear about war the war in Ukraine and all that right so brutal violent lovers of pleasure so tonight I want to take our focus in three areas three types or three Let's call it orientations or or, yeah, let's call it types, three types of godlessness. And the first one is the one that I just touched on and it is also something that was prevalent in the time of Noah and a few other places. So I'm going to start with Noah tonight and I'm going to just read a section and give you an idea of, well, this is not the first time that it's happening on earth. So Genesis 6 verse 5 to 6, the Lord saw that the weakness of man was great. In the earth, and that every intention of his thoughts, of his hearts, was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. And then a little bit further, verse 11 to 12, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on the earth i think that is a that is a clear depiction of godless there's no god they are not serving god they are not they are not living in accordance with with how god wants us to live another example of this is Solomon and gomorrah that is also a clear the uh, town nation that is just blatantly leaving everything that god has given to them We've got Lot in there, and we've got Abraham asking and pleading God, if there's 50 people, please save them. And then he goes less than that, even even if there's 40 people, we'll then save them. And then he continues, until it, at the end, God says, if there are 10 people that are righteous in this nation, I will spare them. And um, I think you know how the story goes. Um, eventually, it was only Lot, his two daughters and his wife, who were eventually pulled out of the town by the angels and then even his wife turned around and longed for the town. So the verse for that is, then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sins are very grave. From there he goes on saying, why would destroy them? So clearly there's not, there's not a reverence for God. There's not a, a day-to-day rhythm of God leading lives there, right? Another example is Jonah and Nineveh. And Nineveh was also a town that was not great. The first verse in um, Jonah says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil, for the evil has come up before me. Now fortunately for, for Nineveh, they listened and they turned to God. But they were living a life that was such that that God came became aware of the evil or the cries against the town was, um, yeah, it was prominent. It, if you walk in there, you can know this is not a godly city. So that is the first type that I want to bring to your attention. It's immoral. It's without God. It's clear that there is no God. They are not, or there's in their mind, there is no God. They are not living for a God it's, there's violence, um, there's no love for one another, and um, everybody's going on their own will, right, so I think this is one that it's easy to identify. The next type is, is also something that we should be able to see, and um, I'm going to read an example from the Bible as well, and then just go for an example on, on in our lives that we see, and uh, the verse is 2 Kings 21 verse 1 to 4, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that Hezekiah, his father, destroyed. Right, So he was, he was moving back to false gods. And he erected altars for Baal and made an Asherah, um, as Ahab, king of Israel, had done, and worshipped all the hosts of the heaven and served them. So he was going towards the stars and all that. And, and then verse 4, then he went and built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, in Jerusalem I will put my name. So this is a this is an example of... Uh, different gods, false gods, Baal, um, the, the Asherah Tower was to a goddess, it was, it was monuments that they put up for, for, um, for this goddess and, and they were totally focused and going towards places that we are not supposed to go and, and where we, his father broke them down and he built it up again. And on earth we also have, we have a few um, religions that are prominent, that are on the same route, serving a false god. Like, Islam is one of it. Um, so you, if you say godless, it almost feels like, oh, they, they are serving a god, they are serving the wrong god. But how does that relationship look? How does their lives look? So one thing that I wanna emphasize is, if you see a person who believes in, in the Islam religion, you know it, they live it out. They um it's it's visible in their lives right so they you can you can see it um some of the more extremist groups they are they are known for violence against christians uh against um other people that go against their will so again it's it's something that they do in the name of their god but it's again against the will of of god um they yeah there's no doubt you you know you know someone is serving serving um Allah. Buddhism is another example. Now this one is a bit more, let's call it morally acceptable in, in cultures around the world because if you look at their lives, they focus on peace and they focus on balance and they just want to have care for everyone and, and they are not aggressive towards other people. Um, I think media and the world today are, are putting them on a pedestal for their peace and all the good work that they do. But once again, they are serving an incorrect God. They have no hope for uh, the hope that we have, the grace that we have received. They they might come back and have another chance. They don't know; it's very uncertain. So, so once again, it is also someone that you will notice. You will see that they are living this life. They are living a life of peace, and they are living they are living morally good in 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 the world standards. A next example is Hinduism. Many gods, any anything goes. You'll see that sometimes Hindus even accept Jesus because it's just another god. But they are not focused on God Almighty, the only God. Um, they are also quite visible. You can you you they wear things that you can identify them as. You can, you, I mean, you can pick them out. You can see every now and then there's a festival for one of their gods, and you can see it. You know it. It's it's prominent in their lives. So, and, and to a certain extent, I, I think we, we need to ask ourselves a question. Are we, as disciples of Jesus, in a world where Christianity is being watered down, are we, are we living a life like these people, that is, that is clear that we are serving God? Do we, do we treat other people with love? Do we treat our bosses and and work for them as we should in such a way that we are identified as God-fearing Christians. So that is the second point, false gods, wrong gods. That is, um, yeah, it's a deity in the religion. The third point that I want to make, or the third type of godlessness, it's, we get a a taste of it in revelations three verse 15 to 17. Um, and i'll elaborate on it now so verse 15 i know your works you are neither cold nor hot would you um, would that you were either cold or hot so because you were you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold i will spit you out of my mouth for you say and this is the important part you say i am rich i have prospered i need nothing not realizing that you are wretched pitiable blind and naked and and this is where this is where we start looking at a group of people that are focusing on the security in what they have right so so no religion they are living they are living a morally acceptable good life but there's no there's no religion when I was doing my my research, I I actually came came on a, or I came to a um, what do you call it a uh, article. Thanks, An article where where they said is a nation that is without religion doomed, in terms of it's going to be morally corrupt, violent. It's just going to fall apart. And the writer of the article was not necessarily a Christian because they They turned to Sweden and Denmark as an example. They said it's it's two of the countries with the lowest religion rates, but they have the some of the least workless rates, some of the least homeless um numbers, very little violence. Um, very little crimes, theft, and all that. So, so so, the article, they tried to turn it in such a way that, look at these people, they can actually, they can make it work. They don't need religion. And then they, they also went on and said, look at this country and that country, they've got religion and there's war and this and that. So, but digging further, I found that Denmark and Sweden were some of the first nations that approved same-sex um, partners to be registered and then a little bit later they were again some of the first countries that approved gay marriages. So in the eyes of the world they are morally correct right? They are not violent against each other, they are not stealing, they are not um, blatantly corrupt but they are sins that they are busy with. That is not in line with God, and the will of God. So, things like, for you say, I'm rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. This is typically the thinking of of a nation that has become self-reliant. Um, fortunately for them, at that time, there's no war, there's no uh, blatant violence or anything. And it, it goes again to the, the part in First uh, Timothy, it's up there as well. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. So they appear to be good people. They appear to be uh, acceptable to everyone around them, and there's nothing wrong with them. But if you go to the, to the roots, like Maria mentioned, if you look at the roots, there's, they are lacking completely the point of the fact for, for why we are here on earth. So something, I wanna, I wanna take this now to us as Christians, this specific morally morally correct but not religious. And, um, and I wanna focus on some things that we bring into our lives often that, that starts moving us away from where our focus should be. And that is, let's call it earthly idols, money. We are, we are chasing money. Um, we often end up focusing all our energy on money. Uh, something like comfort. If you spend your whole day trying to make yourself as comfortable as possible, um, I mean, let's take an example. Someone asks you to, to come and share the word or, or just maybe do something where you are taken out of your comfort zone, we th- easily think of excuses, right? So we are, we are putting our comfort first. Uh, pleasure, lovers of pleasure. Um, are we always striving for something fun to do? Something that makes me feel good, right? Then there are some controversial ones. Work, for instance. Work can be an idol. And it's, it's again something that is morally praised. People say it's good if you are a hard worker. I, I haven't heard anyone that says, that guy's a hard worker. He's a terrible man. It just doesn't happen, right? So, so morally, we don't think like that. But as soon as you take your work and you take all your energy and, and everything you have and you put it into your work and you start putting God and, and your relationship with him to the side, this work is even starting to become an idol. Something that I had to uh, um, address in my life was sport. And on more than one occasion, it, it has happened in my life. So I, I had to get a hiding for this. But in the end, it's something that I had to learn. It is, I, I started getting so, I want to get better and better and better. So I started spending more and more time. I would, I would wake up early to train and then after work, I cannot wait to go train again. So you're constantly chasing this progress. You're constantly chasing this, this sport. And it completely started moving God to the side of my life. So that, that sport became an idol, and it's something that I had to address. It's, it's the wrong water that I was tapping into. Then the last, the last idol I want to make an example of is even church can sometimes be an idol. If we, if we started, start focusing so much on everything that must happen, and, and this morning Silna actually had a good example. She said, we must be careful to miss people and focus so hard on everything running smoothly. So so it's again it's a, it's it's something that can that can easily be be it can easily blind us to start moving us away from God. You're so involved in church that at the end of the day you are tired, you don't want to go to church, you were there the whole of last week, I'm not going today. It's moving you away from God. So the three examples immoral without God, first one that we spoke about. Second one false gods, and then no religion but moral. Um, and I kind of tag the, the worldly idols or some things that we do to, to the last one, right? So to summarize, godlessness, what does it mean? What does the dictionary say about it? It's without God, without faith in God or godless, but we, we know the truth. We are, we are fortunate enough to know that God is, he's holy. He's, he's, um, The one who was, who is, and is to come. And so I want to move away from what does this godlessness look like and move to an example. I want to to look at Daniel's life. Um, But before I get there, this is why this is important. This verse here. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So if you take this verse to all the points and all the idols that I listed before it makes sense right If if I spend all my strength in sport and it and I don't spend it on God and I, or I or I lose balance there it's not good I'm not serving God with all my strength or if all my mind goes to my work and I'm constantly thinking about my work I'm sitting in church and I'm am I'm, I'm worried about something at work it's taking away from God right So so keep this in mind this is this is why our view and how we approach God and how we place him in our lives is important because he says this is the, and, and this is the the place in the Bible where where Jesus was asked, what is the most important command? And this was his response. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. So the example, Daniel and his friends. So I think everybody is more or less familiar with Daniel and his friends, but um, just to just to give you some background, at this point in this this verse where it comes from, it's where Daniel goes to the lions den. After after Daniel's service, the king actually he realized when and he saw how how Daniel's devotion to God bore fruit in his life, right? So so he actually had a good relationship with Daniel, and he became more and more responsible in the in the country, and he. Um, he surpassed most of the leaders in the country there, but this this made them mad. This made them jealous. They wanted to they wanted to get Daniel and um, get him out of the way. So, listen what they what they said about Daniel. Daniel six was four B to five, but they could not find they could find no ground for complaint or any fault, because he was faithful, and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel, unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So once again, this here, here's Daniel, he's living a life that they could see he's serving God. He's he's um, he's not afraid of it, but he's also living in such a way that he's, that he's in line with what his earthly master is also asking of him. So So he's they can find no fault. So they knew, if we want to catch him, we have to attack his faith. We have to attack his um, the law of his God. So what they did is they said, okay, they went to the king. They said, this is a great idea. Let's make a law that for 30 days, nobody can ask or petition to any other God, only you. And this got to, got to Daniel, and what did he do? He went, and um, it says three times a day, he went up to his... Um, up to his room, upper room, and he prayed. So, let's go through the point. Some things that we can see and learn from Daniel's life and his relationship with God. He's devoted to God. It is clear. Everybody knew it. He lived an upright life. So, so they couldn't find a fault with him. It was, it was, they had to go to his faith. They had to go and make a law that they knew he could, he was, was against what he believed so that's again a testimony of how well he lived his faith he spent time with God and this is, this is a, a point where I think we as Christians are attacked still today so, so they went and they made a law that limits his interaction with God he, he deemed it important enough to continue but what do we do what do we do with these idols in our lives? Do we say, I need to wake up early today to finish this project for work and and move it out of the way and move God out of the way? So this is is typically an area where we are still attacked today. Just like Daniel was by the people, the devil is attacking us, trying to take our, our effort and our time away from God, destroying our relationship with God. But Daniel, he spent time with God and What is important in that section is um there's a sentence it says just as he had done before it again talks it talks to his constant going to god it's it's not a it's not a oh shucks they made this law they are focusing and they're trying to get me i need to go to god now and now you have to dust off your bible you have to um you feel this wall be in front of you because you haven't spent time with god no it's this is a this is an example of continually being in a relationship with God. And I, I know in my life this is a place where I've I've also been attacked a lot. Um focusing on other things, not spending time with God until something comes along and then then you your your life gets shaken a bit. The fourth point that I wanna make. He had faith that God was in control. And this is a this is an important thing that we we as Christians can take an old fast to that that other religions lack that godlessness falls short on, and um, even other idols cannot fulfill God is in control, Daniel had faith that God is in control, so he had faith to such an extent that when the king eventually he couldn't he couldn't find a way out of this because the way that they had the laws at that time it was written that in such a way that the king couldn't even pull it back so Eventually, he had to to throw Daniel in the lion's den. But before he did, the king said to Daniel, I really hope that your God can save you out of this situation. So his his three friends, they were spared from the oven. And um, Daniel lived a life that was such that the king knew that his God is powerful. And he said, I hope that your God saves you out of this situation and spares your life. The next morning, the king, he he couldn't wait to get up. As soon as the light was out or the sun was up, he ran, shouted, and sure enough, Daniel was still there. So Daniel had faith that God is in control to such an extent even that someone else started having faith in God's control, in God's sovereignty. So before I I go to the the following few questions after this, I want to... Encourage everyone. So, so like, like Dani said, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. We are all falling short. There's in all of this, all of these steps that I'm about to mention. We we can all improve in some of them, right? And and I think it's good to it's good to know this because if we if we think oh, he's picking on me or something, then we start and take offense. But the intention of this is to, to help us to test the roots where we are planted. Are we tapping into the correct water? Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask or put a few questions on the board before I close for us. The first one is do we have immorality in our lives and specifically in our hearts? The moral code of life or in South Africa and in our communities limits us to just strangle someone, right? It'll, you'll go to jail. Theft, you'll go to jail. So so there's a few things that morally we will not necessarily do, right? But the Bible also says what goes on in our hearts, what we have thought in our hearts, it's that's, that's as good as we do it. So sometimes we feel we just want to strangle someone. We just, we're so mad, mad at this guy who just took the gap in front of me I hope he crashes his car all this is it's malice it's it's we have all these immoral thoughts that goes on in our lives right so there's there there are there are opportunities where we can test and see if we are we are guarding our hearts with the knowledge that there is an almighty God present right the second question are there false idols taking the place of God? And and this is where the song that you saw also the the second last song, "You Are My Everything." So I want you to think about this: Is God our everything? Do we prioritize Him in our lives? Um, are there other are there other false gods that are maybe taking precedence, or that are that we that we Give more time to than we than we should. That's a difficult one. The third one: are there things in our lives that are acceptable to the world, but not to God? It's a it's a, one of those questions taking me back to Denmark and Sweden. There's a lot of there's a lot of sexual conduct that is acceptable in the in the eyes of the world. If you just look at most of the most of the tv shows out there there's there's a norm that is that is directly against what god says what he wants from us so are there things in our lives that the people around us nobody's going to call us out on it but we know in our hearts that this is against god's will for us right the fourth one are we devoted are we devoted to God to such an extent that someone else can see in our lives that is a God-fearing Christian? There's something different in his life. Um, like all the, all the other religions that I mentioned, you can, you can identify them in your surroundings. You can identify them. It's a, and this one is almost, I want to say, a challenge. That we try and live more and more in such a way that we can be identified as God-fearing Christians. And then the last one. Do we trust that God is in control? It's a again a question that that confronts us um, when we are facing difficulties. Do we trust that God is in control? Because if we if we look at God as an Almighty God, He was there, He is now, and He is to come. Then how can we how can we not believe that He is in control? So and it's and it's difficult we had a discussion on this in our small group the other day and and looking at bad things happening to people, how do you justify that for God being in control so that's uh that's the last question that i have i'm gonna leave the i'm gonna leave the questions here for a few seconds um I want to challenge you if if only picking one of it is something that we can make progress in our lives to become more like God, to to realize all the more that God is sovereign. God is real. It's not it's not a false God. It's not um <laughs> one of the gods in the Marvel universe. Right? They it the, the the whole media and everything is starting to water down the strength and the, the might of God. So if if you can focus on just one of them or all of them, great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give us a minute or so, and then um, I'll close in prayer for us. And then afterwards, feel feel free, please uh, to to come to someone here at the front or someone who came with you. And um, there's a there's a benefit, the two way benefit of praying praying with someone about it. Sometimes the person on the other side of the discussion is just as confronted with it but lacks um, the boldness and you coming and and you discussing this or or just showing it listen I'm also struggling give the person this boldness and it gives them the courage to to draw closer to the water that God gives us What are the things that are stealing your time from God? Is it maybe something that must be left completely? Something that's immoral? Or is it something that must be rearranged in your life? Lord, thank you for this evening, and, and Lord, thank you also for the knowledge that that we are all sinners, and we all need you. If we look at these questions, Lord, and the message that was brought tonight, I myself also know that there is work in every one of these topics. Um, we, we will continually have to be sanctified while we are on earth to become more and more like you, God pray that, that the message that was brought tonight, even though it's confronting in certain areas in our lives, that it will be encouraging, Lord, that, that we are made aware of what's keeping us away from you and, and that we can address it, Lord, that we, can, that we can tap into the rich water that you planned for us, that we can quiet the thirst that we have for you, Lord, that we can build this relationship with the knowledge that you are a true God and and that you are holy lord i thank you also for the knowledge that you are in control just as in in Daniel's case and just as his as his friends also said before they were thrown in the in the fiery oven lord our god can save us and even if he doesn't then we still will not forsake him even if it's not his will to save us now we still will not forsake him giving a testimony to the fact that God is in control. Lord, thank you that you are in control. I pray for this evening, Lord, and I pray for this week that's ahead of us. I pray for Encounter 3. Lord, I pray for anyone who sits here tonight, maybe, that has a a pressing issue, something that that comes up in their mind, that makes their heart race, that that they know they must deal with, Lord, that they've been suppressing for so many years pray that you will give them the boldness and the courage to join E3 Lord, to join Encounter 3 Lord. I want you to to work in every person that is there, every facilitator Lord. I, pr- I pray your blessing over the week and Lord Yah, just just make your God, Godness, your your almighty power known. Lord, I pray that you will bless everyone this evening further and be with everyone in this week. It's ahead. Pray this in your name alone.